0: COVID-19 safety measures were strictly adhered to at all times during this production. Hi, we are back to The Uncool Season 2, the podcast where we talk to people about the uncool side of being cool. Yeah, once again, I'm Sean. And I'm Yin Ling. And today we're talking about what it's like to actually go make your own independent film. So we have two production companies. have well, two feature films with us today, we have, uh, we have Christian and Jason, they did Jinami Tofu uh, They're from Banana Ma- Mana Films And Banana Mama? Banana-, Banana Mana
1: Banana Mana If you're a gamer, you know Mana Banana Mana
0: <laughs> and, our, and of course, uh, we have ming and Scott, they are... Kinda of related, it's still in the in the banana sense because a you know, monkey and ball. They have a monkey and ball, and they did uh, and they did this film called Repossession. And speaking of million dollar TV projects, what's it like on Power Rangers, Jason? <laughs> million dollar TV project. I mean, you were about the Queen Ranger, right? And yes.
2: <laughs> Eighteen years ago. I'll Thank very, you for mentioning I'll that. I'll be very
0: interested to know. Like, what is it like to be in such a show? <laughs> million dollar TV shows.
2: Yeah, maybe was, you guys
3: can make something like that for a thousand dollars. I, I would know. love to. I'd love to. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but what <laughs> is it like in
2: that? Well, it was a lot of yeah, it was a lot of money in those days and still is. Like it was the first, it was one of my first shows, obviously out of drama school, and then um, it was all shot on film and you know very big big budget per half hour. In you know, other words, a million dollars for half an hour or something <laughs> like that. Um, so, it, you know, a lot of people look at it as kind of this. Well, some people look at it as kind of this B-grade thing that they watched once when they were young, you know. And even my agent at the time said to me, do you really want to do this? Because, you know, it's kind of this kiddish sci-fi show. Um, and I went, yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm sorry. Yes, I do. Um, you know, because uh, they were doing... The way I got in was they were doing these cattle calls because they moved it out of, you know, California, filming yeah. California to New Zealand. So they then had to just say... Well, who's in Australia? Are there any actors there? <laughs> and they just had this Are cattle. there people living in Australia?
4: How do we know I'm from LA?
2: <laughs> so they had this massive cattle call to find out if anyone would, you know, do it. And uh, so my agent just said, well, before your audition, just just go and watch the tape of the, the, the Mighty Morphin, <laughs> you know, Power Rangers, had, the you movie. You mean you hadn't
3: watched it before? I
2: watched some of it before, but it, it wasn't really my time or mm-hmm. I hadn't really like watched... Awesome. Yeah, yeah, I was...
4: The target audience.
2: Older (laughs) than that. Um, So when I watched it, I went, oh man, yeah, it's kind of cheesy, but it's so cool. (laughs) Every every boy's dream, right? And once again, like we were talking about it before, it's like, you know, a lot of things I've chosen in my life is just about, that's my dream. I want to be a superhero. I don't care about, you know, like, if they typecast me or they don't ever cast me again. I just want to achieve that. I want to be a superhero. You know, it's just fun. And, and so and at
4: that point in time that's what, yeah. if you were Asian yeah. you were not gonna be a superhero. Absolutely. Right? Yeah,
2: yeah. And that was, yeah, that was a big yeah, deal. Yeah. That was a big deal at that time. And in fact, Power Rangers was one of the only shows that ever cast ethnic minorities. Um, they always have a you know, they could have yeah. Hispanic race, um, you know, African American and then Asian. And I, I loved it for that. In fact, the the core of the show, the the person who Uh, created it in Japan, I got to meet him and he said the whole point of Power Rangers was his concept that he pitched to his father when he was 17 was different colors representing the different races of the world coming together and uniting to fight off a force from outside. And that's what's going to unite the earth. And so that was his core message. And I went, oh, I love that. That's amazing. But, you know, it was part of the reason I I joined and really liked the show. And and to this day, like, we just had like an 18-year reunion uh, a couple of weeks back. And we had this kind of, it it was part of uh, uh, one of the Comic-Cons, the big Comic-Cons in America. And it was done online. And I was like... It's just crazy that and people buy photographs, you know, and autographs and everything. And I was like, it's crazy that you're involved in this show. And like you said, when you're an actor, you basically walk on, do your lines, and you walk off. Like, you're not, you don't create it, but they all feel like you're so much a part of their life because they grew up with you, you know, and they yeah. saw it and they watched it again and again. And, well, for, yeah, for a yeah. show like that, yeah.
4: And yeah. so do you have your own I'm action figure? I'm still making comics about yeah. it
2: though. And do you still have your own I action think, figure? Yeah, now? I think yeah. so, yeah. Yes. Yeah. My son's playing with my action figure. So now. you have an action <laughs> figure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a dream, man! Figure, Who doesn't want dream. that? Yeah.
0: <laughs> right? The other thing I need to ask, just get this power interesting out of the way, Is it, it's true that they cut to the Japanese thing when they fight the monsters and the Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, you, so you film like two thirds of an episode, and the last <laughs> one, third is like, yes. whatever.
2: Yeah, so they have to match the Japanese cuts of the monsters. So and the reason why that is is interesting cuz Toei, the the toy company yeah. makes the toys before the show oh, and right. then they make so that makes sense they make all the megazord fights all around the toys before they make the show and right. then they write the show around that so they're writing the show around all the toys that they're going to release through the year so they the, the company releases the toys and designs them all through the year at a certain schedule and they have to fit oh, wow. that schedule. So it's a whole business built around selling toys. So and they're still the number one uh, male toy that gets uh, sold every year.
0: So, so you never had to wear the suit?
2: You filmed, uh, you filmed up to the point where you become... No, no, no. Yeah, so we right. do. So we did a lot of... And it was kind of new to our series, I think. We did a lot of unmorphed fighting. So then oh, we, ah. if we do unmorphed, in other words, no, no helmet, then we would do it without. Yeah.
0: Now it's like with somebody else who was in that suit, then the action figure is not with really you. Yeah, true.
2: <laughs> well, it's not, it's <laughs> certainly not my body.
0: <laughs> that action figure has
2: real muscles. <laughs> so sorry to your son, then he's playing with someone else. <laughs> yeah, someone else's body. <laughs> <laughs> so, but
0: anyway, but I think it's a, it's a good it's a good, uh, segue to what we're at next point, which is I think, uh, and I was meant, I think uh, Mingxiu also, I mean, having spoken to him for my, knowing him for quite a long time, he's also mentioned there's a very lack of emphasis on business uh, development. A lot. I mean, a lot of lack in you know bit producers in in the oh, industry and so on. Right, right. I what I was saying before. Yeah, yeah. we're um, saying before you well, in saying. Not, Especially, I mean, the scale of power in years aside. <laughs> in general, there really, we'll business, the there really isn't a lot of yeah, business. There really yeah. isn't a lot of business
4: development. I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the 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 biggest thing. The, the biggest lessons we learned uh, about you know, when you make your own feature and then try to get it out there and I'm sure that you guys learned along the way is the business side of things, mm. right? That is what isn't taught in film schools. They, they teach you all the technical side of things and all that. And honestly, like, we learned that in the process of making a movie, making it, shooting it, editing it, that's like the easiest part. We can do, you can do it in your sleep if you've, you know, been in the business long enough and worked long enough. It's all the rest of it, mm-hmm. assembling the money, uh, getting distribution, yeah. that sort of thing, that's the business side that, wow, it, it's, it's, you're thrown in the deep end, and, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, well, I'd just like to add, uh, along with the business, uh, traditional business aspect, I think things are, are quite shattered. In- and broken so once again ignorance is bliss i think when we started to go after it and we looked at the traditional business model we we met with so many producers and they say oh this is what you got to do you got to line this up then you gotta get these sponsors a lot of it was like we're never going to get a film made like if we look at and i i have so many budgets for future films as templates it's like really it's cost this much like no some some there's some sort of like you know rigged game here that somebody's making all this money because these numbers don't add up to what it would really cost mm-hmm. so in, in a way we wanted, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. we wanted to rewrite the business model just by being ignorant just going okay what do we need how you know just break it down what do we need what do we truly need could we do a lot of those roles ourselves and could we learn them you know to execute and that's how we were able to sort of uh, reconstruct the whole business model. And do things with dslrs and edit ourselves and do things at home and and rent like we wrote the whole script just we didn't even commute to sit together he stayed in in i was in samawang we just got online video calls so anything to sort of hack the system hack the system so where it applies to where we can make the movie that we want to make the way we want to make it and i think that's the beautiful golden age that everyone's living in now is that this whole business model that they teach in film school I've met with all, I have friends that went to, you know, film school. They went to New York. They studied, it's like never made a film. Like what kind of information they taught, teaching you, you know, they're teaching you like how how to do budgets for, you know, 35 millimeter prints. It's like all that is, you know, doesn't really apply anymore. And I think it can be rewritten and and there are no rules.
2: We lived through that age where it was just being um, kind of, apart the industry really is like mm. cowboy land now yeah. because you know we when we first started in singapore doing work around here in 2006 and just before it was like everything was still shot on film like you know big, big cameras crew, massive room. cameras crews you know audio people charging you know five six hundred to a thousand dollars a day you know to do that and when we came to start making stuff we were like we can't pay someone 500 bucks a day. That's our entire budget for the web, seriously. We you we won't even read the damn script. <laughs> yes, okay. I didn't want to get into uh, bitching, but... Uh... <laughs> no, you're, you're absolutely right. Like, they were... But seriously, that was our, our problem too. We, we, we would come on to set as, as actors in, in those days, and we said, the makeup artist doesn't know the script, the, the, the costume designer or wardrobe person doesn't hasn't read the script and won't and is quite proud to say I don't read scripts. I don't read. I will just use my intuition. What do you think? What 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 character are you today? As a doctor. What do you know? Is there a specific makeup for doctors? Is that what what you're saying? Because they'll just do it and you know
4: the normal makeup law.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a culture shock for you, right? Coming from Power Rangers and coming from
0: the US, I guess they're more professional and, and uh, I mean, or it's more. more. A,
2: I, I think it's, it, it was just about do, <clears throat> do you even care that you're here? Mm-hmm. You know, so, so there was a mismatch about people in the industry and saying we're not paid our worth to w- how they were behaving. And I call that out a few times, and I don't. I don't think people like me for that, you know. Like I just go, this is wrong. This is wrong the way you're behaving, and it doesn't match with what you're asking for in terms of. So if you want to be paid five hundred dollars a day, you've got to do the damn work. And then you know, for writers to say things like, um, "Oh well, we don't get paid as much as Hollywood. That's why the writing's not very good," and I I, I call that out once. I just said. So you mean you dial down the quality of your writing based on how much you pay? I don't think so. I think your writing is just not very good. <laughs> and no matter how much I paid you, your writing would be the same. Wouldn't that be right? Like it's, it's so much. But, but I mean, we, we kind of face the same thing when we had to write ourselves, right? It's really damn hard. And it's easier to then say, I give up and I just blame it on the fact that we have no industry and therefore no one could pay me to write that feature script that I know is in there somehow. Right. And when you really face it, like I guess we've done, you become incredibly humbled by the fact that I can't freaking write. This is really, really hard. It's harder than anything else no wonder the very top writers when you're writing for Hollywood do get paid really well and the Korean writers get paid really well when you're really really good but there's so much other crap down there that isn't worth anything because no one will ever pay for it so then we have to say to ourselves we've got to turn all our criticism back to inward and say that was a piece of crap that we just wrote and that that we just shot was a piece of crap and we would and it was really hard sometimes, I don't know if you guys went through that. Really hard, we'd film stuff and we'd come back and look at it and just go, I, I don't ever want to do this again. Like, <laughs> we gotta reshoot
1: it. We, we <laughs> like told maybe. ourselves we have to reshoot. Yeah, like so a, many things uh, yeah.
0: we had to redo because uh, it was just horrible. Yeah. Was it the same for you, Scott? Your first, your first time writing, right?
3: Like, Repossession. position? your first uh, time what? just out of school. Well, I mean, it's the first thing I've written. Um, yeah, we're outside of school, honestly. And uh, yeah, no I, no, I totally agree, I totally agree. Um, yeah, like like we'll write this and then, I mean obviously like Mingyu is like a more experienced writer, so like like in that regard like it isn't absolute. <laughs> sh- at least like when uh, as in like when I'm writing it, <laughs> that <was a> backhanded... <laughs> no 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 as in like, like 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 if if I write the scene yeah. and then like he's like there, he's like yeah maybe we should like put that that in there and I'm like okay yeah yeah then I'll just like try to come up with it. So like when I look at it, it's not absolute like something yeah. that I've just wrote. Hmm. Yeah, because like he has more experience with, uh, with all that. But but like I I really must say like like because like I started off as an actor right and um yeah, like
4: easier to criticize huh? No, actually
3: no, <laughs> actually actually no, actually when I when I was acting like hmm. like even when I was like really like when I was a kid, right? Like I would always like look at like the producers and like you know the the the, the directors and all that and then i would always see like they would always like be referring to like some bible for the day right and and like i always thought myself like they're definitely getting paid much more and that's okay like because they're putting in the work but like slowly like like through the years and then i realized like oh they're actually not getting I think paid that much. Like I I, I, I I probably I probably earn more than them. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm like, wow, that's That doesn't make no, sense. I mean,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. You definitely it's definitely like you what Jason said, just be the audio guy, you know? Yeah.
4: Yeah. Just show up yeah. and caught the sound and go home. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, but every- I mean
4: write, writing writing is is hard, but I tried to prep you for it. Yeah, I was, yeah, I know. I was like, the first draft is always sh-. Just just don't don't even worry about it. It's like just hammer it out, get it oh, get it yeah. done yeah. on paper. And then you can rewrite. Yeah.
0: And, and I mean so, mo- yeah.
4: most people don't realize that the rewriting process is the long and arduous and, one.
0: And I think that, that that's one of the uh, constraints constraints so you face on commission work because you know the timelines are always very tight. So they don't really give you enough time oh, no, to but, rewrite. But commission, so. commission
4: work is, is where actually what, what kind of what Jason said, you know, that the writer's excuse applies. Mm. It's, like, it's but, like if I'm getting paid X amount. Yeah, but I, I think it's all. I th- you know, and and they give me X amount of time to do this, then this is the quality that you are going to get. Yeah, like, like you know. it, yeah, you cannot expect this because this takes much more time equals much more money.
3: Yeah, but I think like right. those those two things, like the one you mentioned and the one Jason mentioned, like it's a it's a little different. Like like what what makes you saying is like, yeah, if you tell me to like turn out like yes yes tw- twen- tw- 28 pages like. Tomorrow. By tomorrow, yeah, this is what you're gonna get. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. But, but there definitely are people who like, you know, like, you have like two months to write something. Yes, yes, And, and yes. then they're like, no, oh, they're it, not paying a luxury, me it, I think. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it a luxury that a luxury every production thing, yeah, has yeah. nowadays.
4: If your next project, you know, if you are not getting paid for it, or you have to pay for it yourself, you've been through it. You guys are, you, yeah, yeah. You had to come up with your own
3: stuff as well. That larger <laughs> not that scale.
4: Not fully as, as as what they did. Yeah. Would Would you guys do it again?
3: Well, technically we made the short film for free. Uh, for nothing. You're
4: well, yeah, ones yeah ones wouldn't but... would but do it, we, again. A, but, wait, it was a short film... Uh, we made a short film uh, during... Entirely
3: <laughs> remote and virtual. Yeah.
4: We directed oh, it through across. like Google Talk. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you got oh, actors oh, to cool. put the cameras there and like... Lens, oh no, lens. The angle, Are you sure it's in focus? <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like what you guys are doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Except you know, if you're looking at it through, yeah. at a screen through a screen, there's no way you can see whether it's in focus. Yeah, but but anyway, um, and it, it's been in a couple of festivals. Well, um, cool. We've we've also been ironically
3: <laughs> like the the one that we made for free has actually like made money before the one that we had to, like, yeah because money. we oh. want something
4: of a cash price so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice. there
3: you go yeah but but I think yeah I mean well I mean if you put aside all the other stuff that you kinda don't wanna do don't want to do and like you have like that time and space to like think and actually do something that you want to do yeah I mean obviously like yeah I mean I think this is the same for Mingxia as well like you you, you definitely do it
1: well, I, I think as of today, I mean, we have a whole project lined up. It's a film shot in Singapore. We, we, it's all fleshed out, the whole like concept. If you would ask me today, would you do it today, start on it, I would have to say no. And the reason why I'd say no is because we still haven't figured out the, the missing piece, which we haven't really talked about, which is distribution. Because if you can't get your film out there and make all that money back, plus pay yourselves a really nice reward, then... I guess you're just doing it for for art's sake, but it takes up a lot of years of your life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that portion's broken for independent films and independent release, which Mm -hmm. I guess is the reason why I brought up the whole audio sort of points about like in the Golden Suite is because we developed a platform called Cinewave that I think addresses the distribution problem. And the only reason why I, I feel like we have confidence to say that is because we went through the whole route. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yes, we longest running film in Singapore cinemas, that's really great, but did you make all your money back? If we didn't get the sponsorship and the grants? Yeah. No, we didn't. Mm-hmm. We'd be out of pocket. Some would be out of pocket, and that's broken, right? Mm-hmm. So are we going to beg again and try and apply for all the grants and just keep doing that, that sort of cycle? No, there's got to be a better way. Well, we believe we can create a product that people will pay money for. So before we do that, I think we have to figure out the distribution problem, which is how do we access the people that want to see our films and pay us at where we get you know, the lion's share? We understand there's middlemen. We understand how the cinema structure, and it's very expensive. We understand all that. And the transition we were even in before that with everything moving to streaming, there is an opportunity to reinvent and to innovate in the distribution portion. They could just go to cinewave.com and, and figure out what we're trying to do. But I think, you know, be glad to talk about that, in a different discussion. Because I think Cinewave and the platform we're trying to create is for all independent filmmakers to help them distribute their films, get them out there, and actually help people to experience films in a different way than just going to the cinema. You talk about Cinewave, right? And uh, I think. It kind of brings you back to your DNA about
0: being a disruptor, in a sense, because you you were disruptors when yeah. you created your own uh, toggle CVs when you created Genome Tofu, in that format of DSLR man for when people were on thirty man crews. So it's kind of in your know, DNA to always want to cut the disrupt thing. What I what know. keeps you guys want to do that?
2: It's painful. <laughs> <laughs> it's painful because when you disrupt, people don't like you. Um, you're not very popular, and um, you look like you're trying to take away other people's lunch. You know, but um, ultimately, when we discovered and we, I think every filmmaker goes through this when you get to distribution they just add a block and for most films you know even all the award-winning films you know in singapore they play maximum two weeks we know we were at the cinema when all these award-winning films came back from their awards and it was two weeks at a five o'clock slot which no one can get to and they were empty because we were playing our film in the, the other hall so we'd go in and check them out and they were empty, two people, three people were like, there's no way they made a dime on that. There's no way, they, they made a loss, you know? Um, and so we said, there's something really, really broken here. And um, we set out to sort of see if we can fix it. And it was a very simple sort of uh, fix for us. We just said, let's just fix something that we had a problem with first, which was audio. So we said, if we can deliver high-quality audio to people using their mobile phones while they watch on a big screen, totally in sync, this will fix a lot of our event screening problems. Wherever we, we, we had an event screening, like out in the park, we had a Botanic Garden screening. Wow. We had 2,000 people. Wow. But... The speakers were only really set up for about five to 700 people and it's echoey and booming right speaker only or left speaker only. Wow. You didn't have the mix that we painstakingly made. Mm-hmm. So we said, what if, what if we could just give everyone the sound, high quality audio on their phone, any level of quality. Oh, so it synced to the big screen. And synced to the big screen. Wow. And that's, that's essentially all City wave was. It was just syncing audio from your mobile phone to the big screen. Mm-hmm. Very difficult to do but once we achieved it, people started to see, oh my goodness, this can disrupt a massive industry because you take away the infrastructure costs of a cinema, yeah. which is what they'll charge you when you get into the cinemas. When you come back and you get into GV, they'll say, oh, this cinema is very, very expensive. You're going to have to pay for that. Mm-hmm. Every seat that isn't sold, you pay for. Um, and
1: That's if you four wall it. That's if you fall, but yeah. somebody has to stake. Actually, someone's some, st- no.
2: Some. It actually, it doesn't matter. If, has even to stake. if you don't fall, wallet, Marvel, Disney. Apparently, they all have to stake seats. So they, because you're buying it from someone else. Yes. Someone else can have that cinema. So essentially, um, someone pays for it. And for most releases, I mean, Christian released the film way back when as well. Um, as a, a, a part of the distribution process, they charge you for everything. You'll most make a loss. In
1: the foyer. They'll charge you a bill. They will bill yeah. you
2: for being in the cinemas. So be careful <laughs> of that. Okay, because thank they'll you, saying,
4: Projector. You guys were amazing. You didn't do that.
2: Okay, Shout out Projector. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Okay.
0: So, so what stage are you guys at now?
2: With Cinewave, actually, we're about to launch. We, we've actually held back on a, on a major sort of uh, proper launch. Like we couldn't launch in Singapore. We couldn't have an event. But we're uh, due to launch soon at Marina Keppel Bay. And uh, it was beautiful, sort of cinema that we we're going to set up there. And we're also piloting in uh, Los Angeles and Santa Monica with a big drive-in there, for some a company called uh, um, Rooftop, Rooftop Cinema, cinema Club. Cinema Club. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've actually been piloting quite a few other different countries, which had the same problem, and they all, you know, uh, just found us online and through word of mouth. Uh, it got out there, and people started just. Piloting and trying it and going, yes, this is really going to solve solve a lot of problems because when you hire a facility, they will charge you a whole lot for it. Um, yeah.
0: So now the cost is not so prohibitive already; it's not lower because you guys are.
2: So one day, um, we hope to uh, have one of the largest cinemas in the world at the Float at Marina Bay. That's our our mm-hmm. dream, where we have forty thousand people or thirty five thousand people watching a film at the Float. And if we can really achieve that one day, we'll be able to give back to filmmakers their probably probably their entire global revenue in one or two days. That's our aim. And then we can make films and then we have an industry. Mm -hmm. Because until then, we don't have an industry. You look at all the filmmakers that have ever been making films here in Singapore, they make back their money. Maybe never. Most of them never. Mm -hmm. Because you look at the cinemas and you go, there's no way you made your money. Even if they gave you those seats for free, there's no way you made your money back or any money back actually we're we're trying to convince several people to come together we're meeting with them this afternoon actually um, to to say look when we create something that's beyond just the film, an experience that's beyond the film, an event a stage, uh, uh, the, the environment and people are paying you know 25, 35 bucks to sit in that environment and try and watch a film the film doesn't matter so much anymore It still matters but it doesn't matter so much anymore and people are willing to pay for an event an experience they're not so willing to pay for a commoditized experience sitting in the same old cinema with the same popcorn every day because now we have access to everything at home we can watch anything we can watch any movie from anywhere right so now to bring them out to the big screen experience which people still love and filmmakers still love we think we've got a up the game and we're got to reinvent the cinema and I think that's going to do it we believe and when we can do that and hopefully give you your revenue for in the past maybe four or five years if you made it to cinema for that long on that note as well
4: what, what about you guys what's next uh, we're writing stuff it's it's early days um, we had a f- story a treatment that that was in the Bifan um, market Oh, well, the, mm-hmm. the Korean uh, festival, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, they they have this project market, mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. what it does is is people pitch ideas and stories and that sort of thing. And if they pick you, you get to have meetings with uh, production companies, with uh, festival nice. people, programmers, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we did that last year with with this new project that we're doing. Uh, Everything was online, mm. yeah. but in a way, it was kind of good also because yeah. it, okay, yeah.
3: we were able to, like meet with people so from people. different places oh, right. yeah, in the world. That's so right. Cause that's one of the yeah. benefits of you know having it virtual, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So on on your own projects, was there ever a moment when you thought that was the most uncool thing ever, and I'm I'm so done after this? Was there ever that it's moment?
4: It's not. It's not an uncool thing. I, I I mean, like, almost having like a breakdown is, is cool or uncool, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what happened then? No, uh, okay, so, so I mean, it, it, it's our first feature and that sort of thing, right? And so, and because it's independent and, and it's all money from friends and family, there's a lot of anxiety going into it. Mm. And, before we started shoot, uh, I think one or two days before, like, I was just completely nauseous and I couldn't get food down and and I was like throwing up nothing basically because I wasn't eating anything. It was just pure anxiety right like like I had to go like to a pharmacist and like get anti-nausea pills because like I don't want to go on set and (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So I guess that's uncool but then you know like I get there on set and it's the first scene and we had planned to shoot like at Raffles Place. We got there like early because we wanted the crowd, right? Yeah. Free extras, right?
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> and it was pouring. It was like the worst rain that you had ever seen uh, in months. But then we shot <laughs> anyway. We just like changed the scene and shot stuff. Nice. Yeah. And and then subsequently it was like, well, okay, like we'll just take it one day at a time, yeah. step at a time. Yeah
3: we don't have money to (laughs) (laughs) reshoot
1: what about you guys what was the most Uh, uncool thing that happened you might agree with this so the most uncool moment was where we actually looked cool but we had no choice we looked cool because we were just so uncool which was the last day of shoot uh, for a feature film Jamami Tofu we were shooting in Okinawa and we had been rained out three times for this one day of shoot, which is all the underwater shots and all the boat scenes. So we had written this you know, uh, character that's a free diver and a lot of shots underwater. We had no idea what we were doing. So beautiful. We didn't know about the safety diving, all this, all this other jazz. And we had gotten rained out twice before and so it was the last day of the shoot and we had to get that footage because otherwise we had no film. It was so written in. And in addition, we wouldn't get the grant money if we went over that like that just we wouldn't be able to get the grant money.
2: So or any of it or any of it. So we filmed for a month and they said, if you don't finish on this day today, you get nothing.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So they called an emergency meeting. Jason and I are there with our with our fixer producer and, 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 uh, you know, ads everything. And they just said, look, tomorrow is scheduled high swells. We won't be able to go out. What you know, what are we going to do? You know, it's, it's you know we're 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 aft, right? And and uh, we just look at each other, and I guess the most cool moment was just like, well, uh, uh, we don't know. Well, let's just wake up and find out. Like, <laughs> we had nobody, no idea. Like, no, what else we, can we you were, do? Right? We we're yeah. so oh, tired, right? Because exactly. it was a whirlwind. One month shooting, you know, as much as we can, and just look, what could you do? You can't do anything. You just have to wake up and just see what it brings you and yeah, so i guess crazy. that was quite cool but you know is uncool Go because a lot of people stressed out except for the two guys that probably had that necks on the line you know everyone else is just sort yeah. of hired but yeah. what can you do and i think that's quite cool is like yeah what can you do you just gotta wake up the next morning so believe it or not Sunglasses. the <laughs> sun was up it was beautiful the seas were calm we went out we actually wrapped early and we shot Everything that we needed shoot, and as like the underwater footage was beautiful. Gr- granted, it was a little bit murkier yeah, actually, than normal because of the yeah, because of because the storm the, the night before. It was but murky, otherwise it so would have been crystal yeah. crystal blue. But you know, you just work with what you got, and we s- still have great footage from it. Mm. And that's my story.
2: I think it's those times, you know, when you're most stressed out. Um, I think one of the most stressful times for us is the first day. Was the first day of shoot for Jumami Tofu because remember we had been working with a set that was just us (laughs) and one other person and um so we turned up and on the japanese side because they were funding it they were allowed to hire a full team like and because they were paying for it the government was paying them none of it was coming to us and uh so they had 40 people turn up and um you know they were kind of i felt that they were probably looking down on us because some of their first questions was, okay, we're going to go to the equipment rental place. What do you need? Give us a list of all the things you need. Everything. No, no. we said... um, um
1: We have everything in our backpack. Yeah, we, we, we've we got everything
2: in these backpacks because that's how we're going to shoot. What? And they just looked at us a bit strangely and said, no, 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 What? give us a list. You need the we're generators.
1: Like, what, do you, what do you need? What do you need? <laughs> what kind of...
2: Yeah, all the... We didn't even know the names of all C, the stuff, right? The C stands, stands with the, the lights, <laughs> the, the big lights, you know, the, these big ones that, you know, we always use. Uh, no, no, we don't need anything. Um, so I ordered one electric light because I, I just kind of felt that was probably yeah, pretty yeah. uncool. But I just went, okay, if you're going to go, just order, uh, I just want one of those electric. Do you want to come with us? No, I, I don't mind. And we just had this one little electric light and one C stand. Did it help? And we brought it back. We after it the first day, we never used it again <laughs> because it took five minutes to set up. Oh, and and, and, and we didn't, and yeah. it didn't even look great. So it we went. Well, it's five minutes to set up each time, and then the C stand and the and, and the and the things. Let, let's just get rid of it, yeah. dude. And, you know, we'll just we'll just use our little plastic right. um, panels, LED panels, yeah. which are battery operated. Um, I I tell you, the early days, the crew were just going what the hell are we doing they didn't really trust us they didn't trust us so it was really tough for us and then the very first day when we actually got there out to the cliffs and the 40 people i said christian i don't even know where to put the people (laughs) like because they have to be behind the camera right we're We're so used to just operating two or three cameras because we've got no one (laughs) you know we could just operate and duck down and everyone's out of sight but you have 40 people where do we put them all well okay well i mean like the
3: uh, in regards to what means you had just said you know like you know the, before like a few days before the shoot and all that I think like that's that stems from you know like being worried about like whether it's gonna work whether like you know the, the things that you've planned uh, during pre-production or you, things you've written is gonna work out and like, if it's going to look good, if like everyone's going to be like, oh, okay, that's good, that's good. Because like, you have that pressure on yourself, right? To be like, I got to make something good. Like, it has to be good. Like, I'm I'm like putting my name out there, right? Like, like yeah, my name's at stake, my my reputation's at stake, kind of. And
4: part of that is, it's kind of compartmentalization. It's actually, it's what I usually do. But you know, sometimes you get overwhelmed and you're just like, yeah. right? But, you know, I think when you're, Overwhelmed or or feeling that you know some uh, a a problem is huge and insurmountable like because it's so vague right, and it's just like oh it's so huge and and like oh distribution like you yeah. know for example, right yeah. it's just this vague huge problem out there. Yeah. I guess what you really can do is try to compartmentalize it right yeah. like you Like if you break it down, everything is a series of small steps that you can do. You
2: said it really well. It's incremental, right? And I think we discovered that as well through this whole journey. It's like, it's a marathon. So we always tell ourselves when we have this massive barrier or big dip in our, you know, trajectory, we always say, it's a marathon. Um, And each day we just try to be a little bit less crap. That's it. Uh, We're a little bit less crap. Eventually, we'll be okay.
0: Our listeners want to follow your films on Instagram and uh, Facebook. What are your platforms? Uh, What are your handles?
3: Uh, Instagram, it's uh, Repossession Film. Uh,
2: Twitter, it's at Repossession SG. Uh, We're at uh, Banana Mana Films, the Facebook page, but actually, for the movie, it's separate Jumami Tofu the Movie. And of course, Cinewave is a new uh, thing, so we're on Facebook and Instagram at Wave.
4: Guys, thank you so much for coming out to our show and uh, having this uh, chat with us and sharing all your experiences which um, from some of your faces might not have been the easiest things to relieve. (laughs) So thank you so much for sharing with us.